Hello, everybody. Welcome. Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 76. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Uh, what's up is what's up. It's been uh, better than I'm not sick this week and having a good week. Looking forward to some more skiing. And uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, a lot of things are happening. Uh, but before we get into things, you guys can check us out at skibonepodcast.com. We've got all of our past episodes on there, our link to social media. If you're too lazy and you want to go right to social media, facebook.com slash skibonepodcast, twitter.com slash skibonepodcast, instagram.com slash skibonepodcast. We are on SoundCloud, but I got to update the most recent podcast there. We're on Pinterest as Highfalutins. If you could... Instagram. Grammy Graham. I said Instagram already, didn't I? I know, but I always push Instagram because I like it. Yeah, we like the Instagram. Uh, Also, please, if you can, go to your favorite podcast app and rate us. uh, I'll put up instructions on how to do it on iTunes because it's a little bit confusing. We've had a lot of recent ratings, though, which has been awesome because it's helping other people find us and to help us get uh, bigger numbers. So we really do appreciate that. If you could do that, that would be awesome. So without further ado... Uh, we have music this week. That's true. We got we had a little bit of a software hardware user error. I think it was mainly trifecta. user error. It was like a, no, it was like a perfect storm of like hardware, software, and user error combined, which is why the recording was a bit off last week. But we got the boom mic set up. We got the music set up now. Operate today, and we are operate today right now. So right. Mario, what are we? What are you partaking in over there? So um, we are partaking in a. Farmhouse Ale. Yeah, we're sharing one glass with a straw. <laughs> well, we got a big boy bottle today. So it's like a, uh, you know, one of those um, fancy champagne bottle looking things. Uh, but this is a uh, which, uh, Tank 7, which is by Boulevard Brewing Company. Uh, like Boulevard, there's a few that I like uh, from Boulevard. They're out of Kansas City, Missouri. So we're going Midwest. Missouri. Missouri. Little big bit. mountains. Big, good skiing in Missouri. Yeah. Eight and a half percent alcohol, and uh, it's uh, pretty pretty good and tasty. I, I like this. It's a farmhouse ale, so it's not an IPA. I'm usually an IPA purist, but uh, now this is now is this a properly aged beer or an illegally aged beer? Mm. Like accidental or proper aging of Pro- this beer? Accidental aging. Accidental yeah. aging. It's in the fridge in the back <laughs> there, so we're aging it. But actually, we thought about having this probably about a year ago. <laughs> At least 10 episodes ago, <laughs> it was on the list, and we're like, oh, we'll have it later, whatever. We had something else, and uh, it came up. I was like, oh, this, this, this is pretty good. It'll hit the spot today. So Yeah, hopefully it's made for aging. Usually those uh, IPAs are not, but uh, I guess this isn't an IPA. It's a farmhouse ale. You know what helps? We're drinking this out of the Reitenhof glasses. Yeah. And they're freaking gorgeous with the beer in them, and the beer tastes great out of them. Elegant, exquisite. Mm, you're going to post this on uh, Grammy. I already right? did. It's already done. It's Ooh. out there. By the time you guys download this and listen to it, you will already be able to go on Instagram and check out the and this photo. And this is what it sounds like, drinking from it. These are very cool glasses. Mm. Mm. <sighs> there you go. Mm, delicious. Lovely, lovely. Delicious. So I'm drinking the same thing, so nothing nothing else. It's uh, Yeah, it's a good, good taste to it. You know, it's... A, Kind of got that. It's a bit that Belgian style, so it's got that little funk to it, right? What is that? Is it wheat? Is it like what is that that makes it that unique Belgian? Well, taste? I don't think it's wheat. It's like a wheat flavor, but it's not wheat. It's just that um, I don't know. It's that the funkiness of the uh, the farmhouseness of the ale. The farmhousery. The farmhousery. Yeah, it tastes farmhousery. It's cool though. It's a good beer. 
very tasty. Different. Boulevard makes some good stuff. It's from their Smokestack series. Yeah. So well done. Tank Boulevard. 7. We got a nice little story on the back about like the tank that the original brew was made out of, so they call it Tank 7 from now on. So pretty yeah. cool. Good stuff. I'm liking it. All right. And next we have... There it is. From the gondola. Everyone's favorite. Frank's Bean of the Week. All right, so Frank's Bean of the Week this week. All right, so Frank's Bean of the Week this week. We have Snow White. Uh, bred by Nirvana Seeds, Snow White is a 6535 Indica Sativa Hybrid. Uh, early and abundant resin production is attributed to her white widow mother. Uh, flowering finishes to a standard 60 to 70 days from start and provides a nice balanced and steady high. Mm. Uh, wish I could partake in this. Wish we had access to it, but I can't even get a uh, Bruce Bruce Banner. I don't, I don't know. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, this is our final podcast under the uh, President Obama. Yeah. This is, this is our, our last non-Trump podcast. Hopefully the first executive order is going to be to legalize uh, nationally. I'm hoping. Keep hope alive. Just saying. You know what? That would be a bold move. But you know what? As a businessman, it would be a very good move. If he's listening to this podcast, which I know he does, he follows us, um, he should listen that if he really wants to make an impact, legalize weed tomorrow. These guys are the best. They're great. I know <laughs> these podcasters. I know them. <laughs> yes. So hopefully, maybe Obama, like at midnight tonight, is going to be like, it's legal. You can't undo it. Oh, I did it before, before you got in. It's fine. Yeah. That would be impressive. Who called first? First. Yeah. <laughs> you think I was going to do that. Nice job, Obama. Sad. He'd be smoking as he walks out of the White House. Yeah. We'd be like, puff, puff, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we have a new segment this week. We sure do. So we want to thank you. Uh, thanks to our pal Julian, who, who wrote into us. And he's actually a, a meteorology major at uh, the Ohio State University. The. And uh, he's going to be giving us some, uh, some updates on where the snow is going to be falling. So with that, we are going to break now into the new segment. <laughs> Julian's Pout Look. Oh, yeah. So for the broad look, we got high pressure sitting over much of the western U.S. right now making for some sunny skies, low pressure coming in from the Pacific Northwest that will push through mid to late this week. Low pressure system forming the Midwest will bring precipitation to the Northeast midweek. So technically, we put this out a little bit later. Julian actually had this information to us a couple days ago, and it was spot on. Um, I think a lot of this weather has already happened. That's totally our fault, our bad. Yeah, if um, we did this like a few days ago, because a lot of places got snow like, Yesterday. yesterday and into today, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he mentioned, too, east getting some action. Five inches in central Vermont, northern uh, New Hampshire, and western Maine. Now, five inches, according to Killington, that means eight inches, because their, <laughs> their, uh, their email today said they got eight inches of snow. They fabricate weather all the time. They're always adding three more inches, those bastards. Don't we all? Killington <laughs> lies. Uh, Cascade's getting some concrete. So they do best. Pacific Northwest. Uh, is looking good. Whistler Blackcomb could see up to 20 inches by the end of Thursday, Damn. which is today when we're recording this. Mount Baker is looking good, uh, but freezing level is questionable, making it wet snow or even rain near the base. Boo. Uh, it's going to be moving east, and Sun Valley should be getting some big snow today as well. What do we see? Mammoth got like 20, 30 inches yesterday. 
Oh God, they just they they keep getting dumped upon. Yeah, I think another twenty inches came. After in. a while, I submit you win. You you win. You don't have to keep posting it. Yeah. Oh, hold on a sec. Got some weird music playing over there. Um, so right now, uh, so it was a week for the review of the past week. Yeah. Things are quieting down a bit. Um, whereas opposed to earlier in the week, we're getting a hundred plus inches in seventy-two hours across the Sierras. New Mexico and Arizona had some decent snowfall for the continental U.S., getting over 15 inches in 72 hours. Um, but Alyeska Resort in Alaska, 31 inches between nice. uh, the 15th and the 17th of January. Alaska Pound. Which is the highest total in the U.S. these past few days. So thank you, Julian, for this excellent report. And uh, next week, hopefully, we'll get out sooner so people can start making their last-minute travel bookings and hit the pow before the pow actually hits so they can get some first tracks. Hit the pow before the pow hits you. That's true. Just That's saying. what you want to do it. Just saying. And with that, it's time for a little ski news. A little ski news going a little backcountry ski news, little front country ski news. We're, we're all over the place. So we're going to start out with the bad news, the sad news first this week. So uh, this was breaking news this morning. Uh, out in Italy, in the Abruzzo region, um, there was a massive snowslide. Um, so there were uh, there was a blizzard going on um, in this region, and this hotel is a four star hotel. And in Europe, four star hotel means it's pretty GD great. Um, hotel Rigio Piano. Uh, it's located. 4,000 feet up in central Abruzzo region, uh, was slammed by a six-foot-high wall of snow, according to Anson News Agency. So it's pretty chilling. They have video. Uh, this was New York Post. Vice had it. It was on every, every media site today. And um, they were going through, and they're still looking for survivors. So hopefully they get everybody out. Uh, we're hoping, we're praying for, for the best outcome, although we know it looks already like there's going to be some fatalities. Um, but yeah, they said it's it it, it was a uh, you know four story hotel. Uh, there was reports that uh, this one guy they interviewed he went to his car to get something when the avalanche came, and that's the only reason he survived. But then after he survived, he went into hypothermia because he was sitting there like everything was out in the open. This blizzard was was hitting, um, and everybody was freezing. So everybody that did survive the avalanche was starting to like just freeze out because there was there was nothing you know you're in the middle of nowhere and nobody can get to them right away because of so much snow oh that's so horrible yeah so it's pretty crazy i mean you think about hey you know i want to be up where the snow is and be in the middle of nowhere and uh that's what they were and uh this was just a very unfortunate unlucky occurrence uh i guess it could happen more places than you think but um yeah hopefully hopefully things come turn out for the better it's uh it's gonna be tough but um yeah it's not looking good they're saying they've brought in sniffer dogs and uh there have been you know they've only found two survivors of those two men yeah. who were you know kind of went to the car so i guess there was a i don't know if it was a parking like a garage underneath or the lot was somewhere else but yeah it's uh it's looking pretty grim right there and it's 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 pretty horrible and now you know i was looking at it on the map and it's very it's very southern in Italy, you know, yeah. you know, because you know, when you think of Italy and you know the snow, you always think way up north, you know, like Turin and you know the Dolomites up there. Yeah. But this was almost in the same latitude as as Rome, 
So it's pretty far south, but I guess the elevation is enough where, you know, they obviously have all the snow, yeah. I mean, some of the pictures are chilling. They have, like, hallways where they have, like, it almost looks like a, a snow flood. Like, half of the hallway is, like, filled in with snow. Um, it's, just, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's really bad. But, um, yeah, they actually said they couldn't get rescue workers there, so the snow patrol, ski patrol had to come down and start doing the avalanche searching right away. Mm-hmm. So they were the first on scene. It's uh, Anyway, uh, very interesting to see something like this happen and very horrifying at the same time. Yeah, horrible news. So, oh, yeah, thoughts out to everyone who uh, is affected by this because it's just terrible. And next up, another bummer story. So Earth has set a temperature record for the third straight year. And uh, but isn't that good? We set a record. We went further beyond our last mark. No, that's being like it's like having a record. Like I got, you know, robbed more times than anyone else in a year. <laughs> there you go. You know, there's there's records. Hit but by lightning more than anybody else doesn't mean they're good records. Yeah. <laughs> so it, they're saying that um, Earth has reached its highest temperature on record in 2016, trouncing a record set only a year earlier, which beat the one set in 2014. So every year. We keep breaking our records of how hot this planet is getting. Thanks, Obama. Um, actually, the opposite of thanks, Obama, um, our president-to-be tomorrow, he believes that global warming is a Chinese plot and vowed to roll back Obama's efforts to cut emissions of heat-trapping gases. Chinese plot? Yeah. Thought up in China for the purposes of what? I, I don't know. i got to read more I, into I this really plot. I really don't even understand. Yeah. The logic of that. Um, well, you know, we found out the whole Putin, the Trump urination thing was fake. I, I don't know fake what to believe anymore. Lies. Everything is a lie. Maybe this story about global warming being a record is a is a lie too. You never. know. I'm not looking at the thermometer every day. I'm not recording this stuff. I want to check their math. <sighs> yeah. So um, yeah. So a lot of you know, ice is melting up north in the uh, near the Arctic and. Current temperatures are, ru- are rising all over the place. There's increased tidal flooding. So this really is, if you read this article, you'll see there's a lot of bad news, and things seem to be getting worse. Um, but the glaciers seem to be moving to out west of U.S. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> if you right. look at them now, they're going to be, like, covered with snow almost till next ski season. Yeah, this is something that, you know, as as winter sports enthusiasts that we all are, this is something that's very concerning. And you just, you almost feel completely helpless because, you know, there's really not much that, you know, you, you want to think there's something you could do. You know, you can contribute to, you know, protect our winters. You can drive a Tesla or a hybrid. But on a grand scale, is it really going to make a difference? I mean, I guess the thought is if you do something that helps, you are hopefully inspiring or trying to get others to do the same thing that you're doing so that collectively, you know, the sum of its parts is greater than the individuals. I mean, what else can you really do? How else can you fight or try to stop this? got to do a little bit at a time. That's all you can do. Baby steps. Baby steps. Compost your leftover food wherever you can. Don't make so much garbage. Don't use the K-Cups. Don't use the K-Cups. I think K-Cups are directly to blame for global warming. It's just very hypocritical. People saying, oh, yeah, I'm recycling, and they recycle their K-Cup. I'm like, 
you realize you're using a K-cup. You could have just made pour-over coffee and you kept those grinds as compost. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Ugh. So now I'm really depressed. All right, let's get you a little happy here. Uh, let's get happy. So we have, after nearly 20 feet of snow already, California braces for another massive set of snowstorms. Not just storms, snowstorms. So 10-day stretch uh, delivered about 20 feet of snow to the mountains of California. So we talked about, I made a comment about Mammoth. They got pounded again last night. Yeah. And they're talking about them in this, you know, in this report. They're saying um, mountains like Mammoth could uh, exceed their seasonal average of snowfall, their seasonal average, before February. So they're saying on the snow, they said Mammoth averages about 400 inches a year, and they've already received uh, about 269 inches on the summit, with last night's total of about another 20 to 30 inches. Now you're talking they're creeping really close up to 300. So we're, what, the 18th today? 19th? 19th? Today's the 19th, yeah. The 19th? I mean, there's... <laughs> another week and a half in January left. I mean, the way they've been getting snow, that could easily fill in. So it's pretty impressive. Uh, it's impressive, but at the same time, it's a little strange because I think Mammoth was the one that had to close because the snow was above the level of the, the lift. So they had to close some of the lifts. Because oh, there was the picture, low. yeah, where they showed the chairlift, and it's just they got a cat covered, out yeah. under the chairlift because it's too much snow, yeah. too much snow. Um, and then the other thing that everybody's having, you know, all across the the Midwest, uh, the West right now, is they're having to uh, do avalanche control in in the resorts because yeah. it's just so much snow. So it's pretty amazing, uh, and I'm sure they're doing a great job. They're trying to you know keep avalanche fatalities down, and I've actually seen a lot of ads for um, avalanche training and instruction and advice on how to handle yourself, like, in backcountry and stuff. Because it's a big concern, you know, especially with this year. Oh, yeah. Tons of snow, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. They're, they're getting slaughtered out there again. It's great. In a good way. It's in a very good way, yep. All right, next up. So, next week, the SIA Snow Show is happening in Denver, Colorado. Hmm. What is the SIA Snow Show? <laughs> How d- what is the SIA snow show? <laughs> My God, it's a glorious thing. Um, it delivers the, the largest, most concentrated, and authentic trade event in the snow sports industry. It is the first time globally that the styles, technologies, innovations, culture, and energy of snow sports for the 17-18 season are presented. Industry professionals meet to engage in business, networking opportunities, parties, brand events, and seminars to feel the true essence of snow sports. Now, I think we fucked up because they have a whole media section. We should like, be. Why there. didn't we apply for press? Because we're dumbasses. Because we're dumbasses. Because we got a little bit sick with a little bit of sinus infection and well, flu, and we were all little pussies and didn't do anything. Not that's even that. We, I mean, we should have been looking at this like months ago. Yeah, that's true. This is one of those things. We got to have like a list. We got to put this on like our calendars in like September. This is why we have to hire more people. We need interns. Interns. We'll hire interns. With no Ski bump podcast at gmail.com. That's right. There'll be no pay, be but we'll hire you. The experience you will get will be worth way more than anything we can give you monetarily. We will put a lot of pressure on you to carry us to the next level. But like good pressure. <laughs> like pressure that will, like, you know how coal, when you put it under pressure, becomes a diamond? That kind of pressure. Diamond pressure. We want to turn you into a diamond. Diamond in the rough. You giant piece of coal. We want to turn you into a diamond. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. So, this is happening next week. And, again, I don't know why we didn't apply for uh, press you know, press passes or press uh, 
ability because we we could be extremely valuable to some of these folks. We could still go. Just saying. We could still go, but we're not going to. Let's be honest. Jump on the plane. We got things to do. I know I got things to do. Um, so January 25th, it's the first day. It's the Industry and Intelligence. Then the main convention, the 26th through the 29th, that's the Snow Show and Sourcing Snow at the Convention Center in Denver. And then on the 30th and 31st, it's the On Snow Demo slash Ski Ride Fest at Copper. Hmm. That's where you get to start playing with the new 2018 skis and gear to uh, to try it out You're the first people to get their hands on it so usually it's skis and boots and goggles helmets poles all kinds of stuff so very nice yeah so it's uh it's really cs the snow stuff it's really us just not having been prepared which is unfortunate because i think it's the way we run our show this is what we do you know we fly by the seat of our pants we do, we do. which is a beautiful thing I, but I think, you know who the big losers are? It's not us. It's all those brands that we could have been helping out, promoting their their new products, their new innovations to our Dynamite listeners and friends. We do what we can. We do what we can. I mean, we... we uh, I'm we registering are... right now for press passes. We're going to go next week. <laughs> do it up. I haven't checked my lottery numbers tonight to see if maybe <laughs> perhaps I can, I, can, I can pull this off. We can fly our miles, man. Frequent flyer miles. So, yeah, so Snowshow. If you're out there in Denver, um, if you have any extra passes and, like, a condo you want to, like, let someone borrow. We have an intern in Denver. Podcast His name is Ryan. We have to send some Seriously, in. why isn't he, like, hooking us up here? He didn't have a job. He could get a job. <laughs> he could be our intern, yeah. Intern. He's Denver. Come on. Yeah. I'm going to talk to uh, his brother. Do it up. I'll talk to his brother. His brother will make him go on our behalf. He needs some inspiration. He I needs some he motivation. I think he does. We get him a press pass. He's gone. I think so. All right, we'll work on that. All right. But yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Another uh, not so happy. Uh, oh, another bummer story. Why we should have put this with the other bummer stories? We should have put it there. Yeah. Uh, so a skier in Vermont uh, passes after crashing into a tree. So a uh, Massachusetts man was killed uh, in a skiing accident in Vermont while skiing with his family at Sugarbush. Um, according to the police, uh, he went off groom path and crashed head on into a tree. So this happens now. I can understand if you're prepared and you have the right equipment, but this person was not wearing a helmet. We actually, one of the reasons we have the story, uh, we actually want to talk about this is last week we were talking to, so one of our friends at the ski house had a bunch of his friends up in town and a few of them were just learning, and a few of them hadn't skied in a long time, so they were getting back in, and they were going to ski the weekend. So we were talking to them at dinner, and I think, Brian, I don't think you were there. Uh, we went out, and um, we're talking to them, and like, oh, you mean people wear uh, helmets? Do you think we should have a helmet? And we're like, there's like maybe one person I see every month that is not wearing a helmet. For the most part, everybody's wearing a helmet because it's just safer, it's warmer, and it's just... Why would you want to take a chance? So um, it was just interesting to see there's still this, you know, if if you haven't skied for a while, uh, this mentality that, you know, just like it was 10 years ago, oh, yeah, nobody's wearing a helmet. Like, kind of check up on that. If you see friends like that, give them advice and say, look, when you go do your rentals tomorrow, make sure you rent a helmet. You know, give them that advice and, and help people out because uh, there's no excuse. I mean, if they were wearing a helmet, this person may, may be alive today. 
mm-hmm. you know, and it's very sad, but uh, I just think you gotta you gotta take care of yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a big investment. And take care of each other, you know. Yeah, it's it's again like you said too. You know, it's one of those things like it, it's just the new default. It's just the smart move, and again, it does provide warmth. There really is. There's no excuse. Well, just in not. general, protective gear. Like so, people that are just starting to learn to snowboard. We saw a lot of. Uh, so last week was uh, an incredible shit show at the mountain because it was the holiday weekend, MLK weekend, and it was just a lot of people out and a lot of people crashing into each other. And well, yeah, the, the temperatures too. It was on Thursday. It was 50 degrees and rainy. Yeah. And then 24 hours later, it was minus three. So it dropped 53 degrees. Everything froze over. Yeah. It was. A, it was like if there was a. It was like a hockey rink, pretty much. And there was like three times the number of people that are usually on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, I think you pointed out to me, there was a snowboarder that was by the beginner thing, and they had over their ski stuff, they had um, you know over their their board gear, they had knee pads and elbow pads. And I was like, you know what? That is the smartest thing I've seen today. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're just learning, you're going to fall, you know? So mm-hmm. kind of, you know, keep that in mind, too, especially if, even if you're skiing. If you're going to fall skiing, maybe have a little bit of a uh, little padding if you can. It doesn't make you a wuss. It makes you smart. Yes. If you live to ski another day, that's where you're smart. Yes. So very sad story. Don't let it happen to you or your friends. Just wear your gear. All right. Now. Because of all the snow we've been talking about, and particularly in California, uh, they've, there's been a bunch of uh, tree well incidences that have happened this year. So um, we found some, they actually have some signs up there, you know, talking about tree wells and deep snow immersions. Even the signs are terrifying. That's, <laughs> ugh. I was talking to somebody today. One of my bosses, and he was talking about, he doesn't ski anymore, but he used to ski a lot. Mm-hmm. He was telling me how he got stuck, but feet first, in, a, in like a tree well. Yeah. And he didn't really realize what the whole tree well danger is. He's like, yeah, I remember getting stuck in that. I'm like, yeah, you could have died. I'm Oof. sitting there thinking, crazy. Yeah, so what a tree well is, it's a void or depression that forms around the base of the tree, and most likely under the branches that hang from those trees, disguising the void. So the void may contain a mix of low-hanging branches, loose snow, and air. When skiing or boarding, it is very difficult to determine if a tree well exists, so skiers and boarders should treat every tree the same. Um, So now one of the big things they talk about is always ski within sight of a partner, especially when going off trails or in a gladed area. Um, And then they say the key safety tips are each skier or boarder controls his or her own level of risk. Only you can prevent the type of accident from happening. Always ski or ride with a partner and within close sight. Um, always stay in visual contact so that your partners can see you if you fall. Visual contact means stopping and watching your partner descend at all times, then proceeding downhill while he or she watches you at all times. Um, stay close enough to either pull or dig out. If you have any question about what close enough to assist someone in a tree well is, hold your breath while you are reading this. The amount of time before your partner needs air may be how much time you have to pull or dig the person out of danger. Damn. Isn't that crazy? Like, it's really not a lot of time. Um, Remember, if you lose visual contact with your partner, you could lose your friend. It is important to know that most people who have died in deep snow or tree well accidents had been skiing or riding with a partner at the time of the accident. 
Unfortunately, none of these partners was in immediate visual contact, so they were not able to help in a timely manner. Use appropriate equipment to minimize risks. When skiing or snowboarding in a high-risk area for deep snow or tree wells, wear a helmet, enter the ski patrol's phone number into your smartphone, and carry a whistle in case you need to get someone's attention if you become entrapped in deep snow or a tree well. I know my backpack that I have actually has a, uh, a whistle built in nice. to the buckle, which is kind of cool. Um, and then lastly, if you still have questions, contact your local ski patrol. Ask your ski patrol what the current risks and conditions are with deep snow at your local ski area before you explore risky terrain such as treat areas, glades, or off-trail terrain where deep snow and tree wells exist. Ugh. Yeah, there's been so there's been several deaths already this year um, in the U.S. and in Canada in tree wells. So, I mean, again, all you can really do is you know make sure you're skiing with a friend, keep in visual contact, and uh, just be careful. Yeah, that's careful. all you can really do. It's crazy. Yeah, nuts. Know where you're going. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Know before you go. Yeah, carry a whistle. And the funniest thing is you talk to people, they're like, oh, yeah, I've been stuck in deep snow. And it's like you realize, don't you, you know, that's when you start talking to people and realizing how lucky people have been, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's kind of crazy. All right, Brian, why don't you take the next one? Next up, this was a cool little um, mini movie that was debuted and won Best Short at the 17th Annual, Powder, eh, 17th Annual Powder Awards. It's called John Shockley, A Fairy Tale. And it's this like seven, eight minute film. And it's about this guy, John Shockley, who is a guide at Silverton Mountain out in Colorado. And it just, you know, talks about him and his life and how he uh, just discovered skiing when he was younger, living in Ohio. And decided that he would just go out and live the ski bum dream and his entire life would uh, revolve around skiing and it's a short watch um but it's it's really cool it's really inspiring and it shows you you know if you do have a dream and you do have something you truly love that you got to find a way to follow it and uh you got to find a way to uh you know to use it to motivate you to live the life you want to live it's very cool nice and we'll have the link on it and uh, the show notes it's up on powder's website right now powder powder like the chowder yep right next we have uh 48 hours parting with uh american frat boys in a canadian ski town so we just uh went to whistler earlier in uh december and uh i can see how that place is conducive to a good party environment if you have the right setting of people coming in uh now apparently what happens is every mlk weekend uh the americans invade canada uh specifically uh, bc and whistler area for a long weekend of drunkenness partying it's like a spring break all over again um so they said this year the Police, which is the RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I think. They were called 82 times during MLK Weekend this this week, right? Usually, uh, it was up from the previous year, which was the, the old record of 71 times. So, when they get called, it's not just breaking up some. It's like some real stuff is going down. So, 
that's pretty that's kind of a lot and uh predominantly they're saying Americans are the, are responsible so we got to try to as Americans like you know step up and be a little bit better representatives of our you know country uh while we want to party our ass off which we're good at that it's kind of you know let's let's make sure we keep it in check so some of the things that they mentioned in this article which we actually uh heard some stuff from local people that it, it does go on. Uh, so they, you know, the person writing, they said, within my first few hours, I witnessed an Australian snorting lines of cocaine, hmm. uh, a girl doing something pretty messed up uh, as a party trick, and drunk people giving other giving each other stick and poke tattoos of stars. So uh, when we were in Whistler, we were talking to a bartender and he was telling us yeah a lot of people ask him for cocaine and as we're talking to him somebody went up to the bar and asked him for cocaine which i, I just believe was, he was australian too i just thought it was pretty pretty funny and ironic you know um so they're saying you know it's uh pretty in- incredible the the stamina of some of the people uh with the non-stop snowboarding partying fucking uh <laughs> all just to do what they can't do in the U.S. because a lot of them are under 21 and candidates uh, 19 and up to drink. So that 19 to 21, they can, you know, 19 and 20-year-olds can drink. So it's a, a big uh, haven for them to go and party on the MLK weekend. So they didn't realize it was that big. And it's funny, looking at the pictures, I'm like, I know what that is. I know what that is, too. Yeah, it's just, you know, I love Whistler. It's freaking awesome. But there's definitely something off about it. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's just people with too much money. See, Tommy, up Afri- there. Tommy Africa's Club, we didn't see that. I don't know where that is. Now I want to look for it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of like University of Oregon, or uh, Oregon State, California schools. So those are the big ones that make it up there. Wow. Um, Pretty interesting. But yeah, people just going out getting trashed and uh making bad decisions that's what it looks like a lot of a lot of seahawk fans (laughs) a lot of seahawk fans well it's it's close right it is close yep Hmm. so yep quite interesting so that's how uh that's how canada is looking at us right now just saying yeah so there you go so whistler be cool man be cool man don't when you're there don't Jersey Whistler. Don't. Uh, I think. <laughs> I think Jersey's already. So uh, we joke about that, point. but when we go up to Vermont, there are actual bumper stickers and stickers that people put up, and they say, "Don't Jersey Vermont." Don't you know? Bring up your stuff. So it's kind of like you know, "Don't America Whistler." You know, it's like that whole South Park episode where <laughs> Jersey just moved west. Tanjovi. Tanjovi reporting <laughs> from West Jersey. West Jersey. Yeah. Awesome. It seems to be happening. I think a lot of the uh, it's it's what the pictures look kind of like Jersey Shore attacking Whistler. Yeah. Well, they also did it to themselves. They had that reality show, which I didn't watch, but it was like a party group that was up there in Whistler. So they're kind of bringing the stigma like of this is what Whistler's about to them. Yeah. So you kind of do that. Jersey Shore has the Jersey Shore. Everybody thinks that's what all the Jersey Shore is, and it's really not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you have too much money and uh, too much shelter and food easily accessible. You have to find other things to do with your time because you're not busy finding your own food. 
So you find Coke and um, try to squeeze out period blood to the floor as a young lady. As a party as trick. As a party trick, yeah. Uh, you know, the unfortunate part of that is, is there was so much good skiing to be had and boarding that I wonder if it really was had. That's, see, that's the problem I have with it, with Whistler. That's the one thing that annoyed me about it so much is that they have this big, fancy, flu-flu, like, village down there, but there's this epic mountain. You know, like, it's it's almost like the mountain is being, like, ruined a bit. And Underutilized, right? Underutilized. Everything is overpriced. Like, all the hotel rooms are so expensive because these people fly over, and they're like, oh, Whistler, this is where I'm going for a vacationing in Whistler. I'm holidaying here. But they're jacking up the prices of the rooms, uh, and they're taking the, the, you know, what could people, a good ski bomb town, it, what it could be, it's all become this uh, this destination place, this holiday destination. It's highfalutin, though. It kind of fits with, I don't know, highfalutinism. You yeah. don't want highfalutinism to get into douchebagism, and that's when it moves into, like, jump on the shark. The thing about highfalutinism is it's got a, it's got a classy kind of lining to it. You know, it's done in a classy way. It's keeping it up and up. You know, it's uh, it's uh, keeping it together. Well, this seems to be this this seems to be just the shit show. Yeah. You know, just all over the place. Just people uh, people taking it a little too far. Well, that's where you gotta you know bust the egos. You gotta you know take people down a peg. Gotta choke these motherfuckers out. (laughs) That too. People need to get choked out. (laughs) All right, we could go with that. Wake up face down. Right in so, front of uh, what's that place called? That that downstairs bar place we went to. Oh uh, damn! Rimadelli's, Caravellelli's. Ah, uh, that's where we were talking to the bartender. That's it the bartender. Was, um, who was ta- yeah, it was. Uh, I'll remember later. It was some weird name. It was uh, it was like a person's last name or something. Garfinkels. Garfinkels. There you go. Yeah, I was way off. Garfinkels. <laughs> you know, like. Giardelli's. I'm like, no, no, that's not it. <laughs> I was kind of on the right on the right path, but yeah. So yeah, party on Whistler. Um, but party try to keep on. it together and realize you have an epic mountain. Remember the mountain. Don't Kentu- that's what it's all about. Don't Kentucky, um, <laughs> Whistler. Yeah. Don't SoCal Whistler. That's right. Don't SoCal. All right. Now we're on to our main topic. So and Brian, what are we talking about today? We're calling this one a tale of two ski purchases. Ooh. So sometimes you purchase skis out of necessity. Sometimes you have a killer deal. Sometimes you purchase too many drinks at Apre. And sometimes you do it because, you know what? Yellowstone is a dormant supervolcano <laughs> that could wipe out all of the U.S., killing most of us and plunging the survivors into chaos. So both Mario and myself have purchased new skis in the last two weeks. And uh, both under very different circumstances. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why, but it just happened. Yeah. So Mario, go. Why don't you tell us first uh, how you came about purchasing a new pair and what did you pick up? All right. So I got some uh, DPS Whaler ninety nine hybrids. Ooh. Um, I was looking. We were looking at Whalers for a while. We we're in Whistler. We're like, we got new boots. We're like, let's try to get whalers. We were trying to get like some sort of deal. <laughs> like, if we all buy these Whaler 112s, what kind of deal can we get? They're like, yeah, they're the same price. You get them for the same price is what you get. I only have two pairs anyway, so go fuck yourself. We're like, damn it, you won't budge. So they really wouldn't budge on the Whaler. Uh, now, the hybrid that I got, um, it's a cheaper version. It usually, instead of like being 1700 or 1400 1200 it usually starts at like 800 
Um, they ha- it was like half price. I found a deal on these, and they're a little bit different. The sixteen seventeens, um, they have a little bit more metal in them, so they're better for um, a little bit more crud and you know East Coast skiing. Yep. But yet they're really good for touring, and they're good for snow. You know, powder, actual mm-hmm. snow powder. <laughs> so I got them. Um, they look great. I got them mounted last week. But I had them at the ski area, and I did not use them. I was like, they're, the mountain's not right for these skis today. I'm, I'm going out with my Brahmas. I'm going to just pound it with those, which I was happy with those. You weren't going to – they were the wrong conditions to, um, to pop the cherry. Exactly. I, I wouldn't – I would have had a false impression of them. It was like American Beauty when <laughs> Lester Burnham has the chance to – Make love to Mina Savari's character, and she's like, "It's my first time." And he's like, "I can't do this to you. Can't do it." So I you, couldn't do that to love. So those skis were Mina Savari's character in American Beauty, and you were Kevin Spacey. I was uh, making sure the conditions were going to be whaler worthy. Um, whaler worthy. But anyway, so I found a good deal on Evo, Evo.com, and um, I had bindings from another pair of skis that I had, which are really good bindings. Um, so. I decided to take them up there while I'm up there anyway, have them do the uh, the whole switcheroo. Um, and it's funny because I dropped them off, and I went to Basin in uh, Killington, had them do the whole switcheroo, came back the next morning, picked them up. I'm half awake, and I leave. You know, they, like, give me my skis, and, and, and I leave, and receipt and everything. And I get home, and I get all the way back to the ski house, and I'm just kind of like, I don't think I paid. <laughs> so I was like... I got to go back and fess up because I just think it's bad karma. Like, if I don't pay, I'm, like, going to just snap my leg, you know, on on the skis or something. Like, see, you know, I don't want to – I don't want to Bobby Brady, you know, stole the idol from Hawaii kind of thing. Oh. So I figured, you know, let me go back. I went back, and uh, they were pretty cool. They're like, yeah, you didn't pay. Uh, thanks for coming back and all. And, you know, kind of cool stuff. I talked to them for a little while, um, and I paid. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that much money, but – um. It was just the, the premise, you know. I can't can't be that guy. Yeah. So. All How right. about you, Bri? Would, so, would you? so again, I uh, I purchased a new pair of skis, but mine was a, a different situation than yours. See, when we were out in Whistler, uh, we we purchased some new boots. Now, I did not have the foresight. Or actually, I did. I talked to the guy, and. Um, what happened was the boots that I purchased, they are, um, they're like the hybrid touring and, you know, regular downhill resort boots. They're the, um, the Lang Freeride XT-130s. And I talked to the guy, he's like, so what kind of bindings do you have on your current skis? And I'm like, oh, well, I have the, um, you know, the marker Griffin bindings. And he's like, ooh, these aren't going to fit with those bindings. Really? I'm like, hmm, well. That he's like, I'm pretty sure. He didn't say 100, percent but he was pretty sure they weren't going to fit. He's like, oh, the new ones, the 2017s fit. He's like, but I'm not sure the 2016s do. I'm I like, got, well, I got 2016s. They fit. He's like, I'll, I'll see. We'll, we'll make. Well, I have different soles than yours. Oh, really? Yeah, they're a little bit different. So, um, so anyway, I, I still stuck with my boots that I've got. Came home and I realized, yeah, these these boots don't fit into the bindings that I have. So I'm like, God damn it. it. won't fit. You got to quit. Uh, so <laughs> so actually, now this is a good tale on how you turn lemons into lemonade. <laughs> when God gives you lemons, 
get a new god, right? That's right. You find a new god. <laughs> so I had uh, I had Nordica Enforcer 93s that I purchased only less than a year ago, back in the end of January of 2016. Um, I love those skis. They were great. They were, you know, for East Coast, they were fantastic. Um, so part of what I wanted to do, I, I didn't want to get new skis. I didn't want to get new bindings, but I did want to, I did see they have a women's version of that ski and I wanted to get it for my wife. And I'm like, oh, these are great skis. You should get the same ones. I love them. So I managed to pull off a move that only black belt professionals can pull off. Oh. So I was able to convince my wife, the lovely and talented Andrea, my wife, that I said, Hey, so I don't want to have them redrill these skis because it's it's still my boot size and it's really close and it could compromise the uh, the mounting because the holes will be too close and we don't want to do that. So I said, hey, how about because you still have regular Alpine bindings or Alpine yeah Alpine boots? Why don't we take the Enforcer ninety threes that I had, change the the binding so it fits your boots and I'll get new skis. That's like quick quick math. You like, you know, say it really facto. quick, like drawing little things real quick and like, all right, that sounds good, right? And, and then because you just my run wife out. is the best, she said, yeah, no problem, whatever. So I now have a pair of Nordica Enforcer 100s wow. because I wanted just a little bit more. All right, so what bindings did you get? So I ended up getting the Solomon WTR13 bindings so these are still downhill bindings and not touring all right um but these are the wtr so they're the walk to ride so that's what i need for the the boots that i have now is that wtr so that's what i had to look for that's what i found and that those are the bindings that i have now on my enforcer 100s you know because i have the i have the xts but ours are we have different model boots they're similar but yeah because i have those those free tour ones they have a, a slightly. They're made for the touring bindings. Oh, okay. So I got the. I just got the XTs. You got the XT something or whatever. The free tour. Free tour, mm-hmm. right? I just got the regular XTs, mm-hmm. and they fit the Griffin bindings fine. Uh, but I had to move the binding, the back of the binding back, so it moved by the center back a little, so the skis ski a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have my um, Fisher Attack 13s, which I had on the old um, skis. And I put them on the new skis, and I, I those are great bindings. They're lighter, everything. So I went with those. But you got to get a whole different, like, wow, whole different setup, yeah, whole different. Uh, but you know what? Again, it ended up being a win-win because my wife has these barely. I mean, I used them maybe for two months, two or three months. Took great care of them. She has those, and I wanted to get her new skis, so it worked out perfectly. It's so facto, they're I new got, to her. I got brand new ones, which are almost the same ones, but I got the proper bindings and they're mounted correctly. So, and that we got them done at Basin as well, and that was a whole big thing because I picked Why? them up, and they gave me the wrong pair of skis. They gave me so again, mine were the Enforcer ninety threes that were used. They were my skis, and they gave me a pair of brand new ones because someone had the same last name as me. Whoa. Who had just bought in the brand new What ones. are the chances? I know, it was crazy. Yes, I'm Mr. Schneider, and you just gave me... So it was like five calls <laughs> that um, that Basin got. Oh, I remember that. They're trying to call you and call you. And I'm like, what are they doing? Well, they were calling Andrea, because she was not skiing, and I was skiing. And they kept saying, can you please call these people? Because they keep... Because I put her number down on the tag. Oh, wow. 
So they kept calling her, and she's like, I don't know what's going on. Can you call them and figure it out? So I was able to go, and, you know, the thing was, they were freaking out. They're like, dude, this was, you know, this we gave you the wrong pair. We gave you a brand new pair of skis. They're like, please tell me you didn't ride on these. Wow. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Like, like, I rode all day on these. What are you talking like, about? Oh, my God, thank you. Like, we're not going to charge you for the uh, the mounting. Oh, nice. Of uh, the remounting of the of the ones for Andrea, because, like, you saved us, like, 700 bucks, so... Thank you for doing hmm. that. That's if your real name is Brian. <laughs> it is <laughs> Brian, isn't it? So, yeah, so that was a bit of a uh, confusing. You know what? And you know what the moral of the story is? Is buy your boots before you buy your new skis. That's really what it all comes down to. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit. Uh, yeah, so that's one of the things somebody told me. So a lot of times when they when they mount the bindings, the, the front can't move. So what you wind up doing is if your boots are a little bit bigger, you have to move the back back. And what that does is what it did for my skis that I really love, the um, the Blizzard Brahmas, it moved my center of gravity off by just like a few centimeters. It's it's not much, like mm-hmm. a centimeter or, or centimeter and a half. And you don't think it's much, but it, it has a little bit of different feel to the ski because it was like totally just a little bit different. Um, the other thing, too, is the boots are a little bit different. I think I had a wedge in one, so I got to like, you know, play around with that or, or get something done. So... They just feel a little bit different, um, but yeah. Now there's the the binding. I think it's a marker binding that they have now, where they have the adjustability, so you can kind of move it back a little bit. That's pretty cool. What were those? Were they? It wasn't the jesters. It was. I'm pretty sure it was a marker binding. Um, let me look it up because that was one thing. One thing we we're talking about is how nice that would be. Is if you do have to. Yeah, um, the Jester ski bindings, those are the ones that can... Uh, those are the ones, right? Jester, yeah. Yeah, they can be adjusted, you know, a little bit. You know, if you have a powder day or if you have a, you know, you can move them back a bit. You can move them forward if you want to have a, you know, more neutral feel. So there's a lot of uh, lot of options. But, yeah, the moral of the story is is get your boots before you buy new skis because it's going to make your life a lot simpler. We just... Um, yeah, the last thing you want to do is get new skis and then get new boots because you're like, all right, now you're trying to fit boots onto a ski when you could have just had them mounted. The whole thing is in the mounting. Yeah, yeah we got drawn by the power of the uh, the Canadian and U.S. exchange rate. Canadian so dollar. We, we couldn't resist it. So, And but then I got, I got drawn in by the power of a sale. Power of a sale. See? You know what? Limited time while supplies last, you know? Sometimes you just got to buy some new gear. That's just what it all comes down to. Well, so we were looking at whalers, and I was, like, looking for a while, and then this deal came up, and I'm look, just looking around. I'm like, you know, I want to buy new skis, and I kind of know what I skied, so I'm looking for brands and, and the actual skis that I've demoed that I'm kind of liked, and I came across the, the whalers, and I was like, that's not a bad deal. And then I started looking up reviews. Of course, I haven't skied them. I didn't even demo them, so <laughs> they are side, the dice. I like that. Side unskied, so we'll, we'll see how they perform. Yeah. Everything so now, I read is awesome on them, so. Yeah, so now I feel like I have my, my base, my, my daily driver ski, and now I want to get a, I still need to get a pair of powder skis, and I want to get a touring pair. So I feel like having the three is a nice, nice quiver. See, the powder skis, though, I'm not big on getting powder skis because I don't think I'm going to use them on the East Coast here. I'd rather demo when I'm out. Yeah, I just want to have stuff. When we were out, in Whistler, it was good that we rented mm-hmm. because you blew up the side of sidewall. Allegedly. 
of your ski. Allegedly. Going over rocks that were, you know, we didn't do it on purpose, but we just came across stuff, and we're like, hey, that was a gigantic rock that we went across. And That's a demo ski moral of the story as well. Always get the extra insurance. Definitely. It only costs like between three and five bucks a day, and uh, you will feel a lot more free when you're doing what you're doing out there on the mountain. Could save you about eight to a thousand, 800 to 1000 bucks right there. Perhaps. Or in Canadian dollars. $50. you know. Um, Yeah, definitely worth getting the insurance. Yep. All right. So I think that's going to wrap up the main topic for the week. You can get more information, and we'll have pics and links to all of our stuff at skibumpodcast.com. Huh. Yeah. All right. Now it's time under the ropes. And we're going to start it off with everyone's favorite stoner, Willie Nelson. So Willie Nelson Willie. is not worried about Trump taking away his cannabis. <laughs> so there's been a lot of, you know, there's a lot of anti-marijuana politicians in President-elect Trump's cabinet. And this is concerning a lot of pro-cannabis consumers who are worried that the administration could start enforcing federal prohibition in states that have legalized medical and recreational. But... Willie does not care. He's, He's not one of them. Nope. He is not concerned at all. He said, I didn't have any problem finding cannabis when it was illegal, and now that it's legal, it's still no problem. Boom. Making it illegal again won't stop people from smoking. They should have learned that back in the Prohibition days. It's a bold statement from Willie, who uh, who has could stand to lose a good amount if the federal government raised legal states because he has his own brand called Willie's Reserve being sold in Colorado and the Washington. Reserve. I like it. So it makes him one of the America's top marijuana entrepreneurs as well as an advocate and cannabis icon. Make smoking weed great again. Yeah. Just saying. Part of America, right? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, Obama's got another uh, couple hours. He could stroke of a pen. He could legalize it, but he won't. And if he doesn't, Trump coming in, you want to make a big mark, boom, sign it right in. You know, Trump... Executive order. When it all comes down to it, he is a businessman. And if he sees, you know, if he could look at the uh, the evidence and look at how much money Colorado has made, how much Washington has made, and realize that every state could be making this kind of tax revenue. Not even that. We don't want to lose market share to the Canadians that are growing it. And preparing mm. for us to legalize so they could flood the market with their product. We want our product to trump their product. Yeah, I saw a great tweet today. It was about like the Atlantic or um, Atlanta Police Department. They were like, We got this, you know, so many pounds of marijuana, like our narcotics crew got them. It's like, great job, guys. Like and every tweet after that was like, Fuck you. Like, nice job. You guys are heroes. Waste of tax dollars. Yeah. Like, and then one person was like, could you imagine if you guys would have, like, could have legally sold that, how much you would have made in tax revenue? Boom. Paid for their salaries. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's only a matter of time before it gets legalized. So a lot of these places who think they're doing, you know, this amazing work, you know, they're, they're taking drugs off the streets. You're, you're really doing nothing. I mean, there's, people are buying booze everywhere. People are, uh, all these opiate prescriptions everywhere. What are you going to close on a CVS? And be like, we did it. We closed down CVS. I never, Great job, narcotics group. I respect the work they do. It's dangerous work, and they're they're trying to do. I just think it's misguided, misfocused. Right, the now. laws are misguided in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, and they're doing their job. You know, somebody's telling them you got to do this part of your job, and 
it sucks, and I think they're just they they should be doing other stuff. I mean, yep. My my two cents. Yep. So next up, finally, because finally. we've been waiting for this, there has been a big subculture waiting for this. The Japanese toilet industry finally agreed to standardize bidet control pictograms on toilets. So <sighs> now Thank they're God, especially when you get those big fancy Japanese bidets. You know, sometimes the the Nakamichi versus the Nakamoto has like a different pictogram of how to use the thing versus the Nakatomi versus Nakatomi or Nakatomi Nakatomi uh, Plaza. So die hard in a landmark decision announced in Tokyo yesterday. Japan Sanitary Equipment Industry Association, a consortium of nine major plumbing manufacturers, uh, includes Toto, Panasonic, and Toshiba, agreed to standardize the iconography used on control panels for toilets. So this is great. No more guessing. Like it kind of looks like a bird with like a a little fountain up there. Because <laughs> I'm looking at some of the pictograms that they are using. So maybe the bird fountain, like it's actually a butt with a fountain coming up in there, getting right up in there. Or there's the girl sitting on the fountain, <laughs> which is very nice. Uh, the one I don't like is like, it's like the waves. It almost looks like a little wavy thing. I thought I'm it was like, bacon. Bacon. It's like, so there's going to be bacon come out of this thing? What's, what's, I go to the was, bathroom, bacon. It was like a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can understand that. There's a hurricane coming like the in. the anal hurricane? God, you're like, Damn, that's a hurricane you just put up in there. Now, have you experienced the Japanese toilet? Uh, you know what? I've only used a bidet a few times in my life. Very weird experience. It's a game changer. I'm, I'm a novice. I'm a novice bidet user. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Now, I, as a young lad, my uh, we moved into a new house, and the master bathroom had a bidet. Oh, you were a bidet child? I can't even talk to you, man. Well. That's too high for Well, room. well, well. <laughs> let me continue. <laughs> I thought it was a fancy water fountain. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the same water, so that's all right. It's not like you drink it's a like gray water or anything. Yeah, it yeah. was like clean well water. But yeah, I, uh, I thought like, wow, this is a pretty sweet water fountain we have. Mom and Dad, you have done well. You're just sitting there just like chugging water. You're like, I like from the fountain. Like, what do you mean the fountain? And then there was a day where I discovered what it was. <laughs> and I just, it was like the crying game. I was in the shower just like. He's just shaking oh, and my shit. God. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, after I after all the therapy, I got past all that, <laughs> and I learned to embrace the bidet. And uh, now the bidet and the Japanese toilet are you know they're different things. And well, Japanese toilets all in one, bidet is a separate thing. Yeah, it's all in one. I like the all in one. The all in one. There's actually uh, Amazon sells different you know attachments you can put into your regular toilet to upgrade to the functionality of these Japanese toilets. I've seen the the attachments. Oh, they're yeah. good, but they're a little strange. I'm like, well, so the cleaning and well, it's yeah. strange because of the iconography, which has now been standardized. I know. So standard when you go icons. in there and get like the 2018 model, you're going to have all the standard icons. You can have the bird being hit by the fountain or the lady, <laughs> the lady riding the fountain. The funniest thing with the bird with the fountain, I'm like, that's actually the profile of a butt. I'm like, now I get it. So is the water <laughs> coming from the outside in? Then I. I like the one with the... I don't know if the water is coming from different directions. It's definitely a woman because it has the hair going, and yeah. it's like she's sitting and, and riding on the, the float of the fountain. I like that. That is like But per- why the is there icon. a woman's... Like, what is the woman version or the woman... I don't know. Why not an icon a, different? Should be a woman's and man's. But what? Like, why does she get the special icon? Like, it should be like a little... A is dog, it because it's for the vajay? 
Oh. Maybe? I don't know. Is it like more of like a frontal facing as opposed to the... Because see, like the butt that it shows, I thought maybe like you're... It's coming from out and going in. You know, like say you're standing there, it's coming from a different direction, while the women's one is coming from underneath. So from these icons, it's coming from right underneath. The butt one, I thought maybe it was coming from the back going in. I don't know. Because it's like if you're showing your butt like this and it's going like that. Oh, maybe. You know, and then the, the women's one is coming from underneath. Yeah, she's riding that. She's that riding fountain. the wave. Riding the fountain. Because the butt would be the other direction. But why just a woman? No man? Maybe that's what, there's like three dogs is the next one. Should there be have like a grundle version where you just get in the grundle in there? Well, I think the one next to the woman is the three dogs. The three dogs. All right. And then the hurricane explains that, that's, you know. And then there's like a. That's the, the Chipotle. Uh, oh, yeah. The Chipotle cyclone. The de-Chipotle <laughs> cleaning. That's right. So is the first one the bigger hurricane and the second one? I don't know. What's at the end there? There's a little box. Just the, the black <laughs> dot. I don't even want to know what that is. Yeah. That's like something that's just taboo. If you get to that point, call a doctor. It's the black hole. <laughs> just call a doctor. Yeah. That's maybe like if you have like a gaping thing going on. A gaping. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. the, uh, you know, how to lift the toilet, how to put the toilet down. Like, because people can't understand. Like, Was there a button for it? There might be know. a button that opens it. Oh, I see. I don't so know. they put that icon on the button, maybe. I guess. Could be. I don't know. Like I said, I'm a bidet novice. I'm going to, I think I have to purchase a Japanese toilet for this. Uh, oh, bidet novice. But this is a Japanese toilet. It's totally different. Very different. It's, uh, it's like being a, partition, a practitioner in jujitsu versus, uh, mar- you know, kung fu. Kung fu. Very kung fu. That's a black dot, kung fu. The black square, kung fu. Japanese toilet. Yeah, I mean, 341 bucks. You can get a whole Japanese toilet set up on, on your That's standard toilet. Well, it's like the addition that goes onto your current toilet. You can get a full toilet for about 1000 actually about 2000 bucks. So 300 bucks to get the addition of a bidet on your toilet. So if you have already have a toilet and you just want the attachment, that's what it would run you. What if I just want something to wash my pool balls, is what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> just get a, a soup bowl. Soup bowl. Get a soup bowl and put it on the uh, in the water there, float it, and just drop them in. Hmm. All right. You get freaky. That's... <laughs> Little, wow, uh, this one toilet. Uh, this I'm on, I'm on Amazon. The uh, Toto MS nine nine two CUMF. It's a four thousand dollar toilet. Boom, dropping. But five out of five stars. Dropping a bomb right there. Thirteen reviews. It's the most lo- luxurious Japanese. It's not toilet. gold though. Why isn't there a gold Trump Toto toilet? Actually, uh, what is it? China loves the gold. When. Apple went out with the uh, the gold iPhone. They were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, some for some reason in China, it's a big deal. They love gold. It's yeah, gold market, but gold diggers. The gold toilet. There was a gold toilet in New York City in the museum. Remember? That's right. With the gold shirt. I love gold. With the gold shirt. All right. Next up. Speaking of amazing technology, from toilets to uh, SpaceX. It all you know the technology. Originates with toilets. And then it eventually goes to space. Mars. So SpaceX uh, returned to flight with a 10-satellite launch and rocket landing. So last weekend, uh, SpaceX launched uh, its Falcon 9 rocket, and they released 10 satellites into orbit. And they landed that Falcon 9 rocket on a drone ship. That's so awesome. It's unbelievable. 
And what they're doing is, so of those 10 satellites, there's this whole communication network called the Next Constellation. And there's currently 66 satellites in low Earth orbit. And the 10 are part of the 70, which is going to make up the new Next Constellation. That's awesome. So they're trying to get the, those next 60 up there for 70 total and then decommission and take out those other 66 that are out there. So they're picking up an entire new network to increase communication um, across the world. That's pretty cool. I was actually talking to somebody about this today, and this whole story has like stuff that NASA should be ashamed because it's run by the government, should be ashamed that they haven't done. So not only did they send up a rocket and deliver 10 satellites, where normally they'd send up a rocket, do like one or two, it's 10, right? Automated, not even manned, right? Mm -hmm. And then they landed it, which not just drop it into the ocean, they landed it on a ship that was a drone ship. A movie, yeah. Like, NASA, you don't even have a drone ship. Like, you can't even land, like, we can't even start with the base. They're just like, yeah, fuck it, we'll just get a new one. It's like, get a new rocket. It's like light years away from, it's like caveman NASA and SpaceX with all this crazy. Incredible that's, technology. That's government spending versus private industry right there. It's a perfect example. Awesome. Yeah. Totally awesome. Yeah, it's it's really unbelievable how far SpaceX has come in <laughs> the last ten years. It's like they could just like, Oh yeah, by the way, NASA, we got we got a drone ship. You that blew your mind right there. Watch me land this biatch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to drop it in an ocean and go fish it out. I just land it. Just land it. And what's even better, the name of the drone ship is called Just Read the Instructions. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Elon Musk is the greatest. They have a picture I saw um, of the when it's landing the uh, the wave, the uh, shock wave cone, and it's like a perfect cone while it's landing. It's pretty awesome. Lands like perfectly straight up. It's the weirdest thing. I'm like, this is stuff that you read about, you used to read about in comics or see on movies, and like it's complete sci-fi. Yeah, and now it's reality. Yeah, you'd be like, that's never gonna happen. You can't land a rocket straight down. That, that's weird. Self-driving you know? cars, crazy. We're never so gonna have those. Crazy. Tesla keeps putting out new updates to make you know to add more and more functionality to its uh, self-driving autopilot. Self-driving. So cool. So Pretty awesome cool. job, Elon Musk and SpaceX. That's right. Can't wait to see what you guys do next. Moving the needle. I like it. That's right. Uh, so next, talking about technology, uh, Airbus is going to begin testing flying cars by the end of this year. Nice. Now, uh, where they're testing this, I don't want to be near it, but it looks ah. like they're going to, they announced in Munich at a conference that uh, they have a, um, a prototype vehicle, which is more like a helicopter. Um, and they're saying the, the cars will take off and land vertically to accommodate urban use, you know, straight up, straight down. And they're talking about auto, uh, autonomous driving and artificial intelligent technology is going to be employed. So they're saying they're in ex- experimental phase, and they're going to start experimenting by the end of the year um, and have a few vehicles uh, for large-scale production by 2021, uh, which is pretty aggressive because you're talking, what, six years? They're going to, but not even five years. Five years years now, yeah. They're going to have something going. So I've heard a lot of, um, so they had, they just had the big Detroit auto show and they just had CES. So if you follow the news and you follow a lot of technology stuff, like the last few weeks has been flooded with a lot of talk about like what the future of like, you know, self-driving cars and things like that. So they said, um, the, the one predominant thing that I've heard is 
probably Tesla is one of the ones that's leading in what's going to happen. So they, they have tiers. They have tier one is like a, a fully autonomous, no driver, no um, no way to even drive the car, just totally autonomous, all the way down to like a tier four or five. Um, and they say like probably like a tier four or five would be the next likely uh, thing to come in, which would be, you know, you have a regular car that you drive, a driver sitting in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for example, Tesla, they're looking at um, if you're on a highway and it's a big stretch of highway, they can take control of the car on the highway and drive you. So while you're going very long distance, maybe you're going on a three-hour ride all highway, you can have that do the autopilot for you on the highway. And then Right, you, that's what they're doing now Right, Tesla. Mm-hmm. And that's the one they're saying is going to probably go first into production because now they have – it's incredible. If you take all the luxury cars, technology that they're trying to build into their cars, the – you know the uh, the the lane warning, the you know um, falling too close, the 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 stop, the emergency braking, yeah, mm-hmm. um, the auto parking, you know, backing up into a, um, a spot. So you take all that; it's pretty cool if you if you think like if you had a car that did all those, it's pretty like cool with that stuff. And they, if you could just drive on the highway, that would save a lot of cross country, you know, or long driving. Because that's usually the worst part of a long drive is all the the highway miles. Such when you're, a pain, man. You're really not doing much. You just have to, you know, kind of stay awake and pay attention. And that would be probably like three out of the four hours and fifteen minutes of the drive up to Vermont. Yeah, most of it would be on for skiing the throughway. Yeah, even if it's two and a half hours. I mean, you'd bang out a nap. <sighs> could get there refreshed. Bang out a podcast. Bang out a podcast. Boom. Set up everything. You know, have a little podcast thing, chilling out. Yeah. That's not bad. Be playing some cards, you know. We'll text a Get holder. A roulette wheel. Roulette wheel. Why not? There you go. Roulette. Oh, blackjack. You know what? They want to. You know, they have the online casinos now. I hate you that know, commercial. Art. I won five thousand dollars on my first spin. Oh, they're like, oh, in my, I played in my kitchen. Really, really. Way New Jersey, Jersey, the only state that has online gambling, Idiots. because we have an addiction problem in this country, according to our governor. So that's why they won't legalize weed, but they'll legalize online gambling. But online gambling, yeah, that's really helping Nothing, Atlantic City. Not an addiction problem at all. failing miserably, right? Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Anyway. Dipshits. We digress. Totally digress. But yeah, imagine like that's the next thing they're going to start doing is selling ads within the car or selling online casinos services inside the car. Can you imagine if you had to play a few hands of blackjack while you rode a car <laughs> to let the car go? I'm sorry, the car will not move until you play your hands. You are out of gas. <laughs> you have to win this hand, otherwise we have no fuel. Come on, i got to get to work. We double down. <laughs> wow. But yeah, flying. So Split your fives. The jack is back. The jack is black. <laughs> so the scary part about like flying cars for me is I look at all the traffic on the road and then think about traffic in the air, and it's just terrifying. You're adding an extra dimension. But like I can look up now and it's I see like you know the sky. Could you imagine? I don't want to just see like just tons of traffic. Be nasty. Think about what Superstar was like at Killington last weekend with all the people who shouldn't be out there. Just the pile of carnage you saw on the bottom of that. Yeah. Think about that. Preston's pitch right there. Think about them in the air now. Them in the air. Just think of all the roofs that would be just sprinkled with car bits and burnt out from crashes. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the that again. That's the real problem with, you know, these flying cars. Is that 
people. The dummies who can't drive a regular car just are flying now. Yeah. That's a real problem. That is a problem. <laughs> all right, so now I'm scared again. Yeah, I'm scared. But now it's going to be all right because, you know what? At least for right now, we don't have any wolves in town. Exactly. Now, the French, who pretty much are the masters of just not really giving a shit, um, <laughs> are now, the, the French authorities have told uh, the folks of Paris to not fear the wolves roaming around on the streets as they only eat four-legged animals. All right, so it's messed up about this whole thing. Paris has wolves roaming around. <laughs> yes, the wolves are back in Paris. Wow. So they are frightened of that the endangered beasts, which have fought back from near extinct, extinction in the 1930s, are now within howling distance of the capital. Nice. So they've been discovering paw prints, messy droppings, and late-night late night howls from wolves, a distant relative of the domestic pet dog, which are now frequent in uh, the city's suburbs. Awesome. That yes. adds a, a new dimension to, like, going to visit. I like well, it. You know, like, wolves usually hunt in packs. Um, that's how they're most dangerous. But they've only spotted lone wolves so far. Oh. Yeah. Um, warnings were first made last year when a lone wolf was spotted prowling just 200 miles from Paris when an expert was quick to point out that they can cover 300 miles a day on foot. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. Really crazy. Um. He said, now, the, uh, so this guy who's of this uh, wolf-watching alliance group said that these kinds of animals aren't interested in eating people. We walk on two legs. They only eat four-legged animals. They see a little person, maybe a kid, they're eating that kid. That's extremely arrogant. Yeah. yeah. So they said two deer carcasses were discovered in the Rembule Forest to the southwest of Paris. Hmm. And they said their spinal columns were broken. They weren't shot or hit in a collision. So, wow. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And they said uh, their internal organs hadn't been eaten, adding, this is a typical of predatory habits of wolves. Huh. Yep. So it's okay now because they're lone wolves, but what happens when the packs come to town? You start taking people down. There's you gonna be for some, Subway? There's going to be some emphysema having freaking <laughs> Parisian smokers being like, oh my God, sacre bleu, here comes the wolves. And just, <laughs> <laughs> just hacking and not being able to run. Trying to finish the cigarette Dropping quick. their baguettes and <laughs> trying to pick them up. <laughs> Leave the baguettes, we must go. Hit them off with the baguettes. <laughs> just being jacked by wolves. Oh, that'd be awesome. you like... Go to go to Paris for a freaking safari. Like, I'm going to hunt me some wolves, man. They're paying for my trip. That would be wild. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what they don't have in Paris? They don't have guns. That's what I'm saying. You know what? You want to give America shit for having all these guns, but you know what? I don't see any wolves cruising around New York City. We do have coyotes, though. We do have coyotes, which actually are in the wolf family. Yeah, they're like big dogs, though. And now there's like those crazy mixes, those koi wolves. It's like wolves and coyotes together. They will take shit Because they can breed, yeah. Wow, koi wolves. Yeah. Something you, you never thought. It's like a T-Rex of like a wolf. Wolf and a T-Rex. Well, it's like a T-Rex and a velociraptor. Boom. Can you imagine velociraptors running around Paris? Shit would be going down. It's only a matter of time. We're like, wee, wee, just got to kill, just start <laughs> going to town. Yeah. Are so, they wolves or werewolves? Hmm? But aren't werewolves in London? 
an American werewolf in London. Like the song, Werewolves in London, right? Yeah. Maybe they've moved. Because of the channel, now they've migrated to Paris. But not because of the Brexit. They can't get back <laughs> without a passport. They're just shipping them out. It's much more pain in the ass to it's get It's not there profitable. To do. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the channel. They could run through the channel, and then they're in Paris now. Yeah. Migration. So another problem you got to worry about in Paris now is wolves. I went on this really nice vacation, and my... Uh, Person I went on vacation with got eaten. So did you see the Louvre? No, but I saw a wolf <laughs> eating a guy playing an accordion. Oh, the mimes! They gave the, the mimes. <laughs> they can't even yell. That's the whole point. <laughs> mimes are just disappearing because they can't yell for help. Some like anti-mime <laughs> like organization miming. is bringing the wolves in. <laughs> They're like miming. Help me! Yeah, people can't hear them. Like, shut up, mime. Can a mime yell? I don't know. When a mime when a mime yells for help, does anybody hear? Yeah. There's got to be a public service announcement for that. I think we're going to find out, aren't we? <laughs> we are going to find out. <laughs> this is what it sounds like when mimes cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Prince, man. Rest in peace. It would have been a perfect, perfect uh, new song. All right. Now I got one more humdinger left. The humdinger. Yes. So, do you want smell a vision for your VR porn? <laughs> Neither do we, but it's out there. So apparently, <laughs> smell-o-vision Speak porn... Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so smell-o-vision for porn is not, you may be surprised to hear, only about filling the air with pungent odor of bodily fluids and sweaty balls. <laughs> There's definitely some of you that want, but not entirely and so simply. Um, so it can smell fresh like baked cookies, uh, but Camp Soda is an entertainment platform, uh, and so that... They have a whole platform of VR. Mm-hmm. So they have their cam girls working. Um, and they're actually developing a smell of vision uh, custom picked by their models. So um, they're, it's, it, it seems like a promotional stunt, but they're saying, no, it's not a promotional stunt. They're going to pair it with their porn, their VR porn. And they actually tested it out, and they found that uh, people were more turned on by the smell of food than they are of sex. So they're saying, okay... You're not going to smell sweaty balls necessarily. I'm sure there's going to be that out there or vaginas, whatever, whatever is smelling. Um, but if they pair food with that, they, you know, get that sense going and brings out like a nice. But I think what you have a danger of, did you ever see that Seinfeld where George was getting aroused by like he had to eat while he was having sex? No. You could make a <laughs> so. <laughs> That, in essence, would cause a new fetish to develop of, you know, smell of food and food and sex and porn and mass hysteria. Yeah. So. Now, I, I love that they're calling this device the O-Roma. <laughs> O-H-R-O-M-A. O-Roma. And it's now, I don't know if anyone has tried VR. I know we've tried it. Now, Mario, you've got the... Uh, the setup here. Yeah. Now, you, it's kind of ridiculous, the whole, the big, chunky goggle thing you have to wear. With this aroma thing, you it pretty much looks like a respirator, like a gas mask. <laughs> yeah. So you got the freaking goggles on and this stupid respirator on. You gotta wear your goggles. You gotta wear your goggles. You know when, like, Marty McFly comes back? Like, there's the one scene when he goes to 1955 and he's like... Got like his whole outfit on, and he's putting like giving George like the his like the the Walkman. Yeah, and he's like playing the music for him. It's like that whole like head mask setup thing you have to have on. It's crazy. It seems like a lot of effort. 
So Time Magazine did, uh, they had on their cover, they had uh, a kid with VR glasses on. And it was funny because there's a little chubby kid and he was like doing this flappy bird thing while he had the VR glasses. <laughs> and it was just a, a funny photo because, you know, he looked so silly with these VR goggles on. I actually walked by somebody's office today and somebody had the VR goggles on. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be precious. And of course, <laughs> I waited like, I waited about a minute. And of course, they're like moving around and doing this weird shit. And it, it's funny because like, you know, they're immersed in this, like, VR, and, like, everything is all cool, but they look like such idiots from the outside. And it's just funny, like, to watch people with the VR goggles on, it's like, they have no idea, you know? Yeah, the way you're moving, the way you're reacting, the way you're, it's, uh, you can't even tell how ridiculous you, you look, like, just like you said. But, yeah, this is, uh, this, this is a whole nother level. I mean, this is, yeah, this is a lot of accessories, really. Yeah, so they can have, you know... Um, I guess you need the hookup, too, to whatever you're going to make love to, if if that's what you're going to do, right? Real doll or real parts, they have I they mean, have those, too. I mean... You're just going to have so many accessories, it's just going to be ridiculous. It's going to be more complicated than deep-sea diving. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of setup to, like... like are, you just, are you still going to even bother, then? It's like, i got to get my, my respirator thing on, my VR thing on... But here's the thing. So you get no STDs, and you don't have to worry about cuddling or sending somebody home or going home. Like, it's just there, and then so I don't but know. What? Ah, nee, eh. Here we go. What if someone – so you have those canisters that you're using, your respirator. There's these little, I guess, fill canisters, they call them. You put in there, and then you put the, the respirator pieces on. Now, what if someone, like, gets into that and puts, like, poison in there? Oh, like it was happening. And then, like, imagine you died in the middle of a VR sex romance wow. session. So there's, like, apparatus, and there's oh. lotion, and there's everything going on, and then you just, CSI just comes, and dead. they're just like, oh, don't even bring the black light in. We don't need that, because we know what's going on And here. who knows how many days later that's going to be, because people are calling Damn. you, and it's... Well, I was just talking to a buddy of mine about, like, do you have a cleanup... Um, directive. So when if you suddenly die, mm-hmm. like, do you have a a directive either with friends officially, not officially, of like, all right, you gotta like burn my my laptop. <laughs> you gotta go to this Dropbox, <laughs> get rid of the stuff I'm stashing. Like, you know, like there's stuff around. Like, you know, I don't want my 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 family to find this or whatever. I want them to be happy. I'm dead. I want them to open the laptop and go, I'm glad he's dead. This is gross. I love that. So th- that was my comment to him. I was like, I-, I think it should be like a nice little surprise of like, holy crap, I didn't know he was into this kind of porn. Or I didn't know he had this little stash of weed over here or, you know, whatever. Like <laughs> crazy stuff. This amyl nitrate over here. It's like the gift that keeps giving silently because they're not going to talk about it. They're going to be like, I never knew. You know what? And even if you don't use it. You just want to have it to surprise somebody. Yeah. I think it's good to have that just stuff. Just store stuff just to freak people out, like even like if you a, don't have like it. Like a ball gag and like a pistol. Yeah, just hidden, hidden away. Like, yeah. Never use it, but like you just like bought a, it, just hide it. Like a butt plug or two. Like just, <laughs> just laid around. Yeah. Picture of John Wayne. You know, like just weird stuff. Yeah. Just, I like it. Just make them be like, whoa, what, what the, is what the hell was going on here? Yeah. I like, like that. A big, like a big Costco tub of grape jelly. You know, just like a... 
next to John Wayne's picture in the book. That's plugs. a lot to keep. I'm just saying. Eh, that's the, but this stuff never goes bad. Around forever. Yeah. You gotta you, just you, go to a store, get a bunch of sex toys, put them in a box, forget about them. No, just one inflatable sheep. And I think what everybody should do is, if you own a home, um, if you're doing any work and you have a wall open. Just get a few dildos and stuff, put them in the wall, and then mm. seal it up. So that, like, years from now, when somebody's tearing down the house or they're opening up a wall, they're like, holy shit, there's all these dildos. <laughs> they won't know what it's from. That is a special gift, yeah. Awesome. That is some not a bad idea. Porn, some other stuff, just weird stuff. Or if you're selling a house. Pictures of Donald Trump and dildos. Like if you're selling a house, like <laughs> open right. the back of the toilet and just like leave a couple in there. There you go. A couple butt plugs floating in there. <laughs> Just a little so something like, to say. Dude, something with this uh, with the flusher here. I better take a look. Oh, what the hell is this? <laughs> What's going on? Here? Oh, surprise! That'd be awesome. Under the sink, you know, like mount one or something. So, I know somebody. They were um, taking off wallpaper, and they had a really old house. It was on, uh, I think it was in Long Island, and they were steaming off the wallpaper. And you know, wallpaper is one of those things you could put like two or three layers on, and then after you get like two or three layers, they're like you got to. Uh, peel it off and then put more wallpaper on because it's just it's just too many layers, right? So they decide, all right, let's steam off the wallpaper. So they're steaming off the wallpaper, and they get down like you know two layers down. And they start steaming it off, and they realize there is swastika wallpaper like three layers under. Holy shit! Like, Holy shit! What the hell am I? What am I uncovering here? Whoa! And they're like, it, it must have been there from like the forties or the fifties or whatever, like. When the house was built, I'm like... Probably before then. That is pretty fucked up. Well, you know, before um, Mr. Hitler came to power, it was, you know, if you flip it around, it's actually the Sanskrit symbol of good fortune. So it was probably just a regular pattern back then. No, they they said it was like, yeah, it was Hitler stuff. Oh. (laughs) Oh. The designs and the colors, they were like... But it's messed up because it's under two layers of wall. You never know it's there. It's just like putting the dildos behind the wall. It's like finding a Picasso buried underneath a uh, picture of the dogs playing poker. Oh, I love the dogs playing poker. Well, you get a print of that, and underneath there's like they're hiding a Picasso. Finding the dogs playing poker under Picasso. That's magical. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> That's like, even better. Fuck this crap. That's right. Your blue period. Screw this Picasso. There's dogs playing poker. It's <laughs> awesome. Wow, this really went weird. Didn't it? <laughs> All right, so I just say, you know, along with this, it's time to just think about how you're going to fuck with people. If you move, if you're not here, it's kind of kind of nice to you know have that plan. Yeah, you don't want you don't want all of your uh, your toys and your memories to completely wiped out. You want to you want to give those who find it a nice little one last chuckle, or one you got story, or you got to have a cleanup strategy. Like if you want to hide it, you better have a buddy that's like you know owes you a favor yeah. that's going to just run in there, break into your house, clean up stuff, and leave. Just like grab your laptop and fire a couple shots to the hard drive. <laughs> yeah. couple, throw a couple throw bullets to the hard drive. Yeah. That's right. Run it over with the car a few times. You know. Yeah. Um, pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up for the week, huh? That does. I think we got another week of uh, building some more memories and uh, making some making some good stories. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Reach out to us, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our dope new website, skibumpodcast.com. Hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. Find us on Pinterest as Highfalutin. Check us out on SoundCloud. And check us out next week. Stay high, stay flutin'. See ya.